You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us here at the Lakers Fast Break, tell a friend. If they're a Lakers fan, this is what they got to listen to and watch each and every time out. Plus, if they like the NBA and so much more when it concerns basketball, please have them stop by the Lakers Fast Break. You hear that clapping? What a way to start off the road trip. Again, just an outstanding performance, especially doing what I have been talking about now for quite some time, defending the three-point area. Defend, 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 defend. And you know what the Lakers did today, and they did a great job of it. They held the Bucks, which was the number one shooting team from the three-point land at 44%. They held them to 32% shooting from behind the line and basically – Gave them a second quarter run that just put them back. Lakers then just stayed with them, just stayed even about eh, five to 10 points away, just kept the distance throughout the rest of the game and pretty much you know, saved off any hard charging Bucks rally. And they, they got the win. They got a good win, a strong win, 113 to 106. And here today to talk about all the great things going on with today's game. In fact, I love talking with today's game is first up, he is the mastermind of Lakerholics.com. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today, not only on his medium.com site, but also Lakerholics.com as well. It is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, you've got to be extremely pleased at the performance. I know I've been stressing it, my friend, but the defense at the three-point area has been something I've talked about. All these teams in the NBA, they don't do, but when you do, it certainly pays off. Well, they, they, they sort of paid a price for that. They gave up, they lost 26 points in the points in the paint battle. <laughs> and it was just a lot of layups, uh, a lot well, of well, plays. Let me, see let me ask you this. Points. You, you, so, told you know, but the emphasis on the three-point shooting, I thought was very good. Yeah. Uh, and the Lakers shot lights out. That yes. was the difference, man. I mean, you know, this game reminded me a lot of the two games back in March of last year. Uh, when we beat the Clippers and the Bucks uh, in back-to-back weekend series, in that we took control of the game, really probably with with KCP's half-court shot, and then starting off and built that 12-point lead, they got it back down to six. But like you said, we we 
we stayed close in the first half, took control, and then we never relinquished it. Yeah. Um, and we were comfortably moving along. It's a great game from outside by LeBron James. Um, Anthony Davis had his moments, but still pretty tough game. I thought it was kind of strange that we went to AD at the end, especially after Trez had been had been really torching the Bucks down the stretch. And I, I thought Montrez Harrell played a great game. Two two charges on on uh, Giannis. Caruso played an outstanding game. Clutch three at the end. Some excellent defense. Uh, he also picked up a charge on on Giannis. Uh, nine turnovers for for Anadokounmpo. So. That was a big difference, you know, an air ball three, and uh, it's they got into his head again. They built the wall. They played defense the way that they're supposed to. We got some timely threes from other people, um, but man, this was this was LeBron James showing he's still the king, and the Lakers showing they're still the best team in the league. You're right, and one of the things that we talk about you and I is the fact that when the then it stands out as far as a difference from the three-point line, you are the first one that always mentioned it, that the Lakers got or lost certain so many amount plus of 30, Plus 30 yeah. tonight. Yeah, the to, they were pretty because they hit over 50% three-point shots, and that is just truly was a great to see. KCP, who was nowhere near. Now number one three-point shooter in the league. Yes, and nowhere near. He, was, he had disappeared in that game as far as on Monday, and I had said that, that he, had, he was nowhere to be found. And it was very unfortunate to see, but here today to talk about KCP's great performance and the fact that if you get him initiated in the offense, you see the great things that can follow because he has the defense already there and he had to go ahead and have some touch, tough matchups today. And he, he pulled through and uh, did a great job shooting, but that again, it was just an awesome performance. You know, for, today, for a guy who was shooting 50, 53% going into the game, he shot 70% tonight, seven out of 10 from deep. He was I mean, just awesome. Just, just amazing. Just amazing to see and here today to talk about all the great things going on with this game and so much more. Lee Rob, L Rob, the man himself. You know him on Lakerholics.com. Please go ahead and check out his comments today at Lakerholics.com. And L Rob, I want to thank you so much again for joining us. Always great to have you here. You gotta be loving what happened in today's game. Oh, yeah, these are the fun games. When you see LeBron come in, you can tell he was pumped up from the very beginning. He was on the, he was in attack mode from, from the jump. Giannis was, too. I mean, he backed Anthony Davis down the first play of the game. And so that's what you want to see, two, two great players, you know, great players, great teams coming right at it. So, yeah, but you're right. KCP, after LeBron was gave him an earful last game for passing up that open jumper, I don't think we'll see him pass up many open shots the rest of the season. So... Yeah, it's well, stuck on automatic. Well, I wanted fun. to ask you this. In the finals and in the playoffs, especially in the finals, KCP stepped up at the right time. He, we talked about he's a streaky shooter. We talked about, you know, where he disappears in games before, but he stepped it up at the right time. And today I thought it was his performance that stood out among the rest. Of course, everyone else is going to talk about LeBron and him stamping his MVP claim, which we already knew was there. We already know he was the front runner for MVP. That's not in question. And obviously he stepped up today with a 34 point performance, excellent performance. But to me, I thought KCP was the difference. I agree. 100% KCP. I mean, when you shoot, well, at one point he was six out of seven and he, he gave them the separation and he, they, they never could catch back up once KCP like Tom said, hit the one at the buzzer, right, going to halftime. So, 
Yeah, KCP is something about some players when they win that championship, they come back with and you know their their their, their confidence is at a at sky high, and you can just see it. He he thinks everything he's shooting is going in, and so far he's he's close to right. Yeah, and Caruso's not too far behind. He's having that confidence too. You know, we could always argue like we did before if it's based off of his upcoming free agency, but it got it's got to be somewhat because of the fact that he's a Lakers world champion as well. Yeah, I mean, something about AC when he's – you just want him in the game, man. He just makes the winning plays. I'll tell you, it's great to see his shot on. It makes him so much more effective player because he was bringing so much to the table. And L. Rob, you hit it right on the head. Not only your great perceptions and Laker Tom's perceptions on everything going on today's game, but also here to talk about today's game is with us. He's the he's he does a lot of great things for Lakerholics.com. You got to check out all of his great articles under the moniker Magic Man, who's looking very tall today. I don't know, L. Rob, <laughs> Laker Tom, and I were kind of short, and Magic Man, you're kind of like tall today. So I don't know. You either drank a lot of milk in the off time since Monday or you're in a different format, but it's great to see you, my friend. And I want to hear your thoughts on today's game as well as, as while I, you know, try to drink some milk and get back up here, move up. By the way, the East came. Thanks, Tom. Oh, there you go. Mrs. Laker Tom's cookies. Yep. L Rob has got to get on the list next year or this year. So, so when Gerald got his cookies, the Lakers won. So when I saw the package today on my porch, <laughs> I knew we were going to win. Well, there you go. What were some of the things I, that you I, really saw that really stuck out to you for today's game? Uh, I thought we really made a, a good adjustment on Chris Middleton. I thought when the Bucks ran their offense through him, that's when they were really running and gunning and, and being the, the normal Bucks. Um, for some reason, they went away from him. I know we put several different guys on him. I saw LeBron on him at times. I saw KCP on him at times. Uh, but for some reason, they went away from him, and I just, I just, I was astounded because in the fourth quarter, that's when you want somebody. And the one thing I don't like hearing on broadcasts anymore is that Chris Middleton is a good offensive player. No, Chris Middleton is a great offensive player. He's one of the top 15 offensive players in the NBA. Well, here's a little secret I want to pass along to you that I think is like an unspoken secret now in the NBA. He is their player in crunch time. It's not Giannis Mm -hmm. and it's not Drew Holiday. It is Chris Middleton. I mean, there are more and more games where we've seen them take the ball and give the ball into Chris Middleton's hands and ask him to go ahead and create or produce the shot. They have a lot more confidence in him going down the stretch than Giannis. And that tells you something. Uh, you know, I, I don't know about you. Uh, you're right. It does put him in as far as the upper category in the, uh, in the offensive chain. But as we get into our top five NBA teams here later on in the program, it just tells you, is that the right way to go for Milwaukee? That's the bigger question because in the past couple of years, Middleton's done a lot for them, but is he the right man to put at the top of the billing right there? Is he the man you want to give it to at crunch time? Right. I, I, I per, me personally, I'd put the ball in his hands. I would trust Chris more than Giannis in the stretch. I think um, Chris is a different type of player than Giannis. He doesn't have his athleticism 
obviously his his physio physiognomical gifts. Uh, but he's I think he's smarter than Giannis on the basketball court. He's just a little more in tune with what's going on out there, and he's cold blooded. But he he doesn't like here's the thing. I think he he has a scoring prowess of of a, a Katie Light, but he just doesn't have Katie's intensity. Yeah, that's true. And a, a demeanor, but again, that may be a little bit of an issue for Milwaukee to deal with, regardless their reliance on Chris Middleton to go ahead and say, you know, we're giving you the ball each and every time out. Maybe somewhere that Drew Holiday can fit into that mix. But Giannis, because of his games being so limited in certain fashions, that's kind of, you know, what teams focus in on at the the end of games. But Lee Rob, I want to hear you on this. And as far as the question I have now is, the Lakers obviously have, you know, when they get it, when they focus on it, I believe they are the best team in the NBA. When they focus and they're geared and they're poised to go ahead and do what they need to do, especially on the defensive side, we can hear all about somebody else having the number one defense in the league. We can hear about someone having the number one offense in the league. But when it comes right to it, right down to it, L. Rob, when the Lakers are focused, I believe they have the best team in the NBA. And I think we saw that tonight. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. They're the champs. Um, when they come out and they, when everyone's tuned in, AD is becoming a leader. After he speaks, you see them come out with a, with a different mindset. And a lot of it maybe is him just getting himself going. Um, you pretty much know LeBron's going to bring it when, when, it's, when it's important games. But AD is kind of wrapping up and, and taking on some of that leadership too now. So that's a scary thought for the rest of the league. Um, but yeah, the Lakers are the clear-cut favorites. Haven't had a lot of adversity so far this year, though. Like, I mean, a lot of other teams have had injuries and guys out and missing time. Um, so Lakers, so far, has been kind of smooth sailing. It's not a lot of adversity. So, but that's good. That's a good thing. But, yes, Lakers, Clippers, close second. But, uh, yeah, Lakers clearly the, the team beat them. And that's something we'll talk about here in a second. And I have a tendency to agree with you on that. I'll just give people some spoiler warnings on that because we're going to be discussing the top five NBA teams on our list here coming up in a sec. But Laker Tom, before we go and head to that discussion, I want to hear a little bit more thoughts on today's game. I mean, again, this is something you and I've talked about before. If they stay focused, they are really hard to beat. And the key, I think, again, was, and I don't want to, I guess I'm going to keep on delving back on it. If you're on the road, you just got to stay close until you find that opportunity. And they found it tonight. And if that's the case, that's a recipe for a winning basketball team. Well, you know, the this whole part about staying close, Gerald, is really important because the Bucks started off in the first quarter just raining threes and scoring at will on drives to the basket. Um, and it was really Kenny who kept us in the game. His three-point shooting right off of the bat was, you know, we never got further bar- back than – I think the biggest lead they had was five points. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and there were lots of times when we made some good defensive plays. The thing about the thing about the defensive change that the Lakers have made is last year they played drop coverage, which is what the Bucks pretty much play. Uh, and that basically means that your center is never going to let anybody get behind him. And, and you run a pick and roll, that center is going to drop with the roll man all the way in. And that opens up the little – it opens up three-point shot. It opens up three-point shots and two-point shots from the ball handler. And when you watch the game against the Nets, this is what they this is what the Nets could not stop because they were using drop coverage too with DeAndre Jordan. And 
Um, and every time, every time Chris Middleton would drive, he would have an easy two-point shot, sometimes a three-point shot. Um, the Lakers shut that down because they're now playing a, a, an off defense that is to challenge everything out at the line, to double, to triple, and, and to trap and hedge on guys to make sure that they force them to stop the ball handler. And the whole theory is let's keep them from getting to the rim as opposed to blocking the shots at the rim. Um, and they did a great job at it today. Uh, they didn't do a good job at the rim with people rotating and so forth. Although we saw some good blocks. They blocked eight shots, um, which is pretty good for a team. Kuzma had a couple of wonderful blocks. And uh, AD had a couple of blocks. I still thought there were lots of situations. And, and some of them were when you just don't, you just don't leave Giannis <laughs> to pick up somebody driving to the basket. Because um, you'd rather you'd rather have a guy try to make a hard layup, and 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 they made some good ones. Um, Drew Holiday, I thought, had an excellent game. It was very tough. I was glad to see that he didn't hit from outside, and that's been his weakness, really. He was two for seven from deep. But you know, a lot of good contributions from the Lakers in various points. Kuzma had some excellent rebounds in there. Timely three-point shooting from Caruso. Morris had had sort of a poor game at least when you look at it from an eye test, but he ended up with the second best plus minus of the Lakers. So you got good contribution across the board. A great game from LeBron James. I mean, MVP right now. You you just, you have to say that the guy is the MVP. And it's funny because at the start of the year, people were saying that there was no chance that LeBron would even be in the conversation. He was a a round of 15, one shot to give you an idea. Yeah, I know. And it was 20 to one. I think that's changed right now. Well, I, I think it was also the fact that we were expecting that next level up from AD. Yeah, and AD and, hasn't done that yet, which yeah. is either on defense or offense, to be honest. So they can look forward to that happening because it's it's going to happen at some point in time. I was just going to say, you haven't brought out your every podcast defensive rating update for AD, but I was just saying, go ahead. He's a, he was in the middle of the, he's in the middle of the team. Okay, well, there you go. There still, you below, still below the Lakers team off- defensive rating. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But go ahead, Sean. <laughs> go ahead. He 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 was eighteen nine and six today. Like ninety percent of big men in the NBA would kill first out line like that. But this was game. a subdued game for him. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course it was. But <laughs> I, I mean, I I mean he's. I think it, we're at this point where he's picking his spots too. I, I mean, remember he came from he came from a situation where he had to try and get to the line 15 to 20 times a game. He had to shoot at least 30 times. He had to shoot at least 40% from deep. And then maybe the Pelicans would have a chance to win. He's got so many more options now as a Laker. And and he's also talked about the Marcus Hall effect. And, and Serge Ibaka and Kawhi Leonard talked about this when he was in Toronto as well. The ball moves a little bit more when Marcus All is on the floor. Guys have increased assist percentages when they play with Marcus All. So I think Gasol has had a big influence on AD to be comfortable with facilitating. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where 
here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. It was funny because we're talking about a former defensive player of the year here. The trade-off would be he'd be so great to go ahead. Yeah, and it was eight years ago, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was eight yeah. years, many, many years ago. And, you know, we were worried about the defensive end. But as long as he's able to hold his own and doesn't have to rotate. Now, when he has to go out and rotate, that's obviously going to be an issue for us mm-hmm. because he's not the most nimble of players anymore. But he's but, got. He's smart. He's smart, though. You know, yes. it's, there's the thing that Smart does defensively well. is he's got great yeah. hands. He's got a big body that gets in the way, and he anticipates really well because he watch. He's playing. He's not playing drop coverage when he plays with the Lakers. He's he's charging out there, doubling and trapping guys off the screens, and doing a pretty good job. Well, I'll tell you what. It's been great to see. Again, the Lakers pull out the victory today. You know, they like it was never a it, it was never in question. It was it was kind of close, but it was really never in question because there was no big run by Milwaukee that you were expecting yet yeah. near the end of the game. And comfortable that was the, game, a comfortable yes. game, not a blowout, but a comfortable game. Hey, it's a great win, especially on on you know, especially on Milwaukee's home floor. Just a great win for the Lakers, 113, 106. But before we head on out, guys, I want to go ahead and get your thoughts overall where we stand in the NBA because we're now, depending on the team, because there's some teams like Milwaukee, you know, actually Memphis, who may never get on the floor again. With Washington may never get on the floor again. We'll have to wait and see because what's going on with the coronavirus and how it was dealt with. And, you know, there's a lot of questions there, not only those teams, but also the NBA has to answer in regards to how they were dealing with it. And, you know, I think those questions won't be answered until there's a lot of reflection on how they handle it. But before we head on out, guys, I want to go ahead and hear your thoughts on the top five NBA teams where we stand. And I want to bring this in as a regular feature every week or two weeks or something like that. Every now and then I like to hear updates on that. So, L. Rob, I want to go ahead and hit you up first. Just tell us a little bit of background on the top five NBA teams you're thinking about right now. Which are the teams right now that people are looking at, as, or at least that you're looking at, for the top five in the NBA? Okay, so Lakers we talked about. That's a given. Uh, Clippers. Clippers is on a nice win streak. I think they won five or six in a row and uh, quite differential. They, you know, had a lot of close games and a lot of uh, and when they lost, they were, you know, some really lopsided losses early. But they, they've been pretty solid. I think they lead the league in three point shooting. Milwaukee so had it until very tonight, well. and then uh, Clippers were right, literally right behind them. Okay. Okay, so they're shooting it then, over 40%, yeah. I believe. They're both 44%. Uh, three, I would have to say. Ooh, okay. That's a, yeah. Has anyone finished over 40% for the season? Golden State, I know, did it one year. But I don't think yeah. anyone else has ever finished over 40%. Not, recently. Not before. 
not 44, but 40 has been a number. So, okay. So I like the uh, Utah is playing good, so I'll put them in my top top five. They were a little choppy earlier in the season, but they've won six or seven in a row, so they're rolling along pretty good. Um, in the East, of course, you got to put Brooklyn in there. I mean, they, you know, with with those three guys, they are, if they're not, their record may not reflect it right now, but they're definitely top five. Fifth team, uh, boy, that's a tough one. Philadelphia, Denver's finally playing good, but they had too many early stumbles for me to put them in the top five. I guess I'll go ahead and go with Philly to round out the five. Boston's been What about a team like Boston? Well, Tatum's missed the last three games, so I think what they they the Knicks blew them out, then they blew a big lead against Philly. So I would have to give Philly the nod over them just because they just beat them head to head. I think they play again tomorrow night. So yeah, so that oh, that's a great list. Five. That's a great list right there. That's L Rob for you. That's a great list, L Rob. I cannot thank you enough for sharing that with us. All right, Magic Man, I'll give it over to you. Your thoughts on the top five, since you're taller now and since you've grown since our last podcast, I want to hear your thoughts on the top five NBA teams right now in your mind and your opinion that people need to be looking at and your overall top five. Uh, Overall top five, Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, Bucks, Celtics. Very interesting. Why, Why no Brooklyn? That game where they allowed Sexland to beat them in double OT <laughs> was a little, little, uh, not so quite. A little so worried sure. about their defense, huh? Yeah. That's what you should be. Even with uh, picking up a big man in the buyout market, I'm just, eh, I don't think this year that defense is going to be a, a, a work in progress. I think that's yeah. the best they can hope for. <laughs> there you go uh that's some great thoughts right there for you and you're right the defense in brooklyn is something to worry about because they're going to have to try and outscore everybody and i mean everybody even a team like cleveland uh, that's playing well above its head and they're just at around 500 so you know they're if they're going to have to do that and there's going to be a struggle defensively for them each and every time out laker tom i want to hear your thoughts on the five uh, on the top five nba teams right now going because it's very interesting to see the landscape. I mean, I think you could put realistically seven, eight, or even possibly nine teams in that mix, but we all know who starts at number one. Yeah. I, I actually look at it from a standpoint of tiers. There's a tier with the Lakers in it and nobody else. And then there's a second tier, I think with the Clippers in it and nobody else. And then there's a third tier that there's a bunch of teams in there and, I'd probably say my third team at this point in time is the 76ers. I think Embiid is, is playing fantastic. He's playing like an MVP candidate. And it's it's hard to be an MVP candidate when you're a center and you don't have the ball in your hands all the time. After them, as the fourth best team, I probably still think the Bucks stand in there. I think they'll finish the season that way. They have such a good offense and they're such a good shooting team that there are very few teams that have somebody who can really wall off uh, Giannis the way that the Lakers can. So I'd put the Bucks as number four. And as the fifth team, I think it's probably still the Nets. You know, the Kyrie hurts their defense because he is an easy guy to pick on um, and he's an easy guy to isolate and get switches on. Um, but my God, the three of those guys from an offensive standpoint is you're going you're gonna to outscore a lot of teams and they're 
you know, it, it's funny because the Bucks now aren't the defensive team that they were last year. The, the Clippers weren't the defensive team that they were last year. Both of them are, da- are down in the teens defensively as far as the rankings go. And, and the Lakers, the Lakers are right up there. So I have to, you know, as for a fifth team, did I name five or did I just do five? I think you did. I did five, yeah. Mm. I think that the thing that is separating the Lakers from everybody else on a tier of their own is their defense. And I think potentially what separates the Clippers on a tier of their own as the second best team is going to be the fact that even though they haven't shown it yet, they have the defensive pieces in Kawhi and, and PG to, to really be an elite team. I agree with you, except for the fact one one caveat. If the Clippers continue to shoot 45% as a team, the Lakers need to be concerned. Then again, if the Lakers hit 40% of their threes or right. 50% right now, the rest of the NBA needs to be concerned. But I, as much as I want to say that the, NBA, the Lakers are going to continue their hot shooting like that, I also don't think that the Clippers can continue to shoot 45% of the team, just as I don't think Milwaukee could continue yeah. to shoot like they showed tonight. Continue to shoot. Every one of those teams will be happy if they finish the year at 40. Exactly. So that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, but if the Clippers, hold on, Sean. If the Clippers, because I want to just mention all my five, the Clippers, if they can shoot 45% in a game against the Lakers, they're going to give the Lakers a run for the money. Simply because, oh, <laughs> simply because of the fact it goes down to the Lakers not guarding the three-point area. And when they do, they'll win. When they don't, it's a challenge. But again, the Lakers, I think right now, when they focus on the defensive end like they did tonight, they're in a class by themselves. But also, I agree with you that the Clippers are playing in a class by themselves as well. So you've got these two teams that are better than anyone right now because they're glaring weaknesses with all these other teams. With Milwaukee, their depth is, as you see tonight, is just not there anymore. Like it they, got out, they got outscored uh, 30-something to 9 on the bench. Yeah. The so you, really, and, and their bench was 0 for, for threes. I mean, at the same questions that you heard last year about the Lakers, 3 through 10, you're going to hear all year long about the Bucks 4 through 10, continuously, time in, time out, right. as you will with Brooklyn. And with Brooklyn, the fact that they have the better three than Milwaukee's, Milwaukee's top three, they might have issues as well, especially on the defensive end. So, I mean, you're going to hear that back and forth. But I think Brooklyn, to me, is a little teeny bit better team right now than Milwaukee. So I'm going to go ahead and set it off like this. The Lakers are number one. Clippers at number two. Utah at number three. Philadelphia number four. And Utah and Philadelphia, you want to give them props, especially Utah, which is just going under the radar and playing a lights-out basketball. L. Rob hit it on the head when it comes to Utah because of the fact that they started off slow and struggled but again, have now really found a niche and are playing really good basketball. So they're number three. Philadelphia, second in the MVP voting right now for me would be Joel Embiid. Simple as that. And if anybody has any issues, I'm sorry. I'm just going to show you the numbers right there. LeBron's number one, Embiid's number two, because the Clippers, both those players, when you've got Paul George and Kawhi, they've been trading great games from each other. So I think right now... It's LeBron and Joel Embiid right now, number one and two in MVP. So Philadelphia is my number four overall team. And number five, I'm going to probably say I'm leaning ever so slightly towards Brooklyn just because of the fact that they're going to outscore 
almost anyone except for the Cleveland last night. I mean, as long as they can get any kind of defense at all, they are a force to be reckoned with, especially with the, with that triumvirate. I think their triumvirate is a little bit better than Milwaukee's uh, Bucks big three. But going forward, we'll see if the big three concept works or the fact that you need some depth behind it. That could be the issue. And also the fact that these teams, both those teams, like you said, Tom, are hurting on the defensive end. That's going to be a lot of problems right there for you. But also look out for if Dallas starts to get it going, Denver could start to get it going at any, any point in time. Those are teams right there that people have to watch out for. I know people are still talking about Portland a little bit, but it all depends on Portland. They don't have the defensive edge either. And, of course, Boston is another team that people really need to talk about. That duo of Brown and Tatum are really, really good. I'm sorry it's the Celtics. I'm sorry I'm saying the Celtics, but you know what? you got to admit, they're really good. But, you know, the whole the theme of this whole season, I think, when you really look at it so far, and I think it's going to fold out this way the rest of the year, is two superstars and a deep, deep, talented team versus three superstars and a not so deep, not so talented team. Because you could um, have a well, you could have a situation where today, like Dennis Schroeder, had an awful game. Yeah, but he had so many other people on his team picking up the slack. Yep. he could go afford to have a, an awful game today. The Lakers have the Lakers depth. It's the same thing. You know, I mean, I've been trying for a week to write an article on what players should the Lakers trade for if they could make it, you know, basically the article was titled, uh, how do you, who do the Lakers trade for when they don't really need to make a trade? And I haven't been able to find a trade that, that I like at all. I mean, I went to trade NBA, played around for an hour yesterday and, and I couldn't find anything that I liked. Because part of it is I don't want to give up any of the guys we got. And, uh, you, uh, go. you know, and and you, you still can't. I, I don't care who, if you have three superstars, even if Brooklyn was able to get a fourth superstar, if you don't have the depth, it's hard to create camaraderie, especially with three guys who need the ball. You know, it's that's one of the things that the Lakers have that nobody else has. And over a long season and over a season with COVID involved, a season that could end up with a lot of teams, half a dozen teams not playing 72 games and positions in the playoffs being determined by the percentage rather than the number of wins, we could very easily see the Lakers pull away. And I think that this is what's going to happen. It, they're going to separate themselves because there are no there are no other players in the league who are better individually than LeBron and AD. And there's no other team that has the depth of talent and the number of good players that the Lakers have. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces and discussions about the world champion los angeles lakers will look no further than lakerholics.com with a legion of followers always there talking about everything lakers and the nba there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run so stop by and be part of the conversation today at lakerholics.com 
Well, I'm just going to say this, my friend. If the Lakers do go out and predict or go out and win what you and I had predicted, six and one or seven and zero, oh, and in about three or four games, the Clippers go out on their seven game road trip and don't find that same kind of success, you will start to see that separation right there that you're asking about. I think that's going to be a test where the Lakers and the Clippers stand on their road trips that are both coming up. In fact, the Lakers are starting it right now. Yep. And if the Lakers don't find that trap game in Detroit, <laughs> I wonder who called for that one. But be, yeah, L. Rob's going to have to carry us through in that Detroit game, man. Yeah, there you go. But back I think that was back to back. That was not Jamie that said that. Yeah. Okay. But Sean, you wanted to go ahead and interject. I, I apologize for keeping you waiting, my friend. Oh no, that's right, Gerald. Uh, I was just going to say, do you do you really think the the Clippers can? can get to a finals without a traditional point guard. I mean, Miami did it, but that was the, that was the, I bubble. think they'll find was one. a different I, I scenario. Think they'll find one. I'm not counting draft picks, but I think they have enough traditional assets as far as players on the team that you could throw out a deal to get themselves a good enough point guard to be a little bit more competitive with the Lakers and that type of situation. L. Rob, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but again, I, I still see the Clippers as the major threat right now to anything that the Lakers would have to do. I still see the Lakers standing up above the rest, but the Clippers, I think, are probably, if there's any team I'd say right now that stands a chance of competing with them, it's them right now. Definitely the Clippers, but let me go back on one thing on the MVP race. I got to show Joker some love. He has been carrying that team. Um, Triple double from the beginning. Murray was horrible early in the season, and Joker. I mean, his numbers have been very consistent. So even though the team, I know MVPs teams have to have a certain, you know, winning percentage to strongly be considered. But I expect Denver to you know get back up to uh, playing 600 ball, and and Joker, Joker's gonna have. He should be right up there with LeBron and Embiid. But uh, getting back to your question, though, yes. The Clippers are the team. It's the only team that I'm looking at with some concern. That's the only team. Absolutely. You know, in, the league. in the league, nobody in the East really scares me. Yeah, I mean, you got to see how we defend MB without having any si real size other than Gasol. So that was, that's going to be interesting. And then the two, the two, the dynamic duo, Boston Gad, of course, is always dangerous. But um, and then we got to see what we look like against the Nets. But I'm not worried about the East. Um, Clippers is the main focus. Well, definitely. Yeah, that is the challenge indeed. Uh, you know, L. Rob right there on the head. You're right on Jokic. I will give you that as far as it could be. A th uh, if the, the Denver Nuggets get back in the playoff race and they get back to where we're thinking, maybe third or fourth in the Western Conference, where I had thought they were going to be at, I agree with you. He definitely placed himself as a top three MVP candidate if he continues to play like he's been playing because you can't ask for more from him. He's just been doing such a sensational job. It's just the rest of the team and the fact that they traded away a lot of players who were very good on the defensive end of the, the side. And I think that's very yeah. underrated. That's part of the reason why they're having the issues that they're having. They're only a 500 team as we talk about this. That That's the issue why. But if it, he does yeah. go back up to a top three candidate. Right. Yeah. I mean, if they go up to if they go up to third or fourth place, He's going to be definitely in that mix. But, guys, it's been a great conversation. I hope that you guys will be returning when we head to Chicago, Chicago, that traveling town. Yeah, going to Chicago, Chi-Town. 
And will the Lakers suffer some Chi Town heat, or will they like it, or will they pass out some Chi Town cold and snow and bitter, bitter, uh, you know, just type of bad deals towards the Chicago Bulls? We'll find out on Saturday. But before we head on out, guys, I want to hear what you're doing, what you're talking about, what you're looking at forward to to talking about on Lakerholics.com. So I'll hit you up first, Magic Man. The floor is yours. What you got cooking at Lakerholics.com? Well, actually, right now, Gerald, actually, I'd like to give a shout-out, if I could. Happy birthday to one Detlef Schrempf. He was one of my favorite swing men <laughs> from the 90s. He uh, he was – I think he was one of the first three and – what you would call three and D drafted stash players, drafted, uh, you know, this lanky German kid – and he grew up to be a six-eight shooting machine for those Seattle teams. And those Saturdays, I dreaded playing Super Suns because I knew it would come down to the final two minutes and Shrimp would hit a big shot. But I was always hoping Nick Van Exel would 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 be able to to get him back. Sometimes he did, sometimes he didn't. But shout out to him. And that's that's all I got tonight. All right, but you still are willing to provide many comments on LakerHolics.com. L. Rob, any last thoughts on the way out or anything that you're working on as far as comments? Maybe some comebacks for Laker no, Talk? Just, no, I'm just, uh, yeah, just, uh, just feeding off of whatever time uh, puts out there. But just looking forward to the next game against Chicago. Everybody plays their best against the Lakers. So the Bulls will be sky high. They're putting up a ton of points. So, you know, if Lakers come out with a, you know, uh, lackadaisical attitude, the Bulls could easily, easily beat them. So I'm not, I'm not expecting that, but well, they almost be, it be, it be exciting game. Home. Well, they, they surprised, they say they surprised the Lakers when they played in LA. Yeah, they could have very easily won that game because the Lakers were caught sleeping again. So you're right. If they do that, if they have that same kind of effort in Chicago, that could be a difference maker. But I have a feeling coming off the statement game in Milwaukee, I think their team comes off with a lot of confidence. Do I expect them to hit 51% from the three-point area? No. But I expect them to overall have a good game and be able to take the game. But before we head on out, Laker Tom, I know you're working on a article at least, hopefully some articles or a lot of good things at Lakerholics.com. Yeah, I think I've been, uh, as I was stressing a little earlier, I, I really, I really am working on something that's, related to just the value of depth, um, the value of having so many different options, the value of, you know, Dennis not being able to having a great game and, and we don't hardly feel it. And I think, I think that there's a, there's a two or three guys that I've been really impressed with KCP, obviously, I think Kenny is, has really uh, come into his own. Uh, he's, he's chasing guys at the three point line and, and nailing threes, as I said, he's now the number one three-point shooter in the league. I also think that Alex Crusoe has played well. He only played three minutes in the first half. And I thought that was part of some of our defensive lapses, was not having Alex on the floor. Um, he always, you know, everybody sort of poo-poos the idea that the plus-minus is a, is a number that you can luck into if you're on the floor with the right guys. But I've found over, if you keep looking at that, over and over and you look at the guys who finished the season with high plus minus ratings and high net rankings and the advanced stats uh they're usually guys who do all of those little things that really count and, and they're they're sort of the glue that 
pulls the team together. And they do the, they set the screens, they make the steals, they they get the clutch rebounds and so forth. Um, and another guy I think who's done a much better job than than people give him credit for is Kyle Kuzma. So I've been working on uh, on a couple of approaches of three or four guys that I think are are turning out to be the glue guys on the Lakers. And and the last one is Mark Gasol. The impact that Gasol has just by the simple reality of stretching the floor, even though he only took one three out there, you could see that their center every single time Lopez was not down there in blocking, you know, he was not playing the typical drop coverage that, that they normal play because he couldn't leave Mark sitting out all alone. Um, and those four guys have really made a difference. And, and I could easily have picked up three or four other guys, you know, uh, Schroeder didn't have a good game tonight, but Dennis has been just terrific for the Lakers. So I, I think, again, it's, we're going to win it because of LeBron and AD. But if you just had LeBron and AD and you didn't have the terrific mix of talent and depth that we have behind them, the Lakers wouldn't be where they are and they wouldn't end up winning a championship. They would become, you know, and that's the problem with trading. If we trade away a whole bunch of those guys for Zach Levine, for example, we become the Brooklyn Nets, a better version of the Brooklyn Nets, I'm sure. But still, the Brooklyn Nets, a team that doesn't have the kind of depth uh, to be able to go out there and play a 10 or 11 man rotation with confidence in every one of those players contributing. I'll tell you what, there's more to talk about again when you're hit by Lakerholics.com. Please be part of the conversation where L Rob and also Magic Man, they're there quite frequently. Jamie Sweet with his five great things, Laker Tom's there. There's so many great people that are part of it. So please check out everything that's going on today at Lakerholics.com. But L. Rob, I hope you come back again on Saturday. It's going to be another kind of early game for us here on the West Coast. So hopefully you'll be part of us once again. We get a chance to stop by? I will uh, try to. I'll try my best. Okay. Well, the door is always open for you. I know Laker Tom scares me. So I'm always reluctant to come on the show myself, but I will go <laughs> ahead and continue to come on this show and we'll be back. Just yeah, kidding. Uh, he's, a, he's a good one indeed. I'm just jesting as always, but I truly appreciate everyone. Magic Man, L. Rob, Laker Tom for being part of today's program. Please check out all the great things that they do at Lakerholics.com. And we will be back after the game coming up on Saturday right here at the Lakers Fastball Podcast. 